is this, number 81 or 82 or something? Hell, I don't know, 71, 72? I'm losing track. I'm getting old. The election's killing me. I'm, I've got all kinds of problems. I'm sad. No, uh, actually, I'm pretty excited. And I'm real excited because so far we have Butterbar, who has appeared on, what, like three podcasts? Have you been on? Uh, I believe this is going to be the third one, yeah. Okay, this is number three. And introducing, dun, 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 I don't have any good sounds for that, so I'll just make a sound. Uh, Doc Pinkerton is... Oh, it is fantastic to be here. Yes. I, uh, I have somebody holding him hostage in a room somewhere. He's got a gun to his head, so (laughs) he has to actually answer some questions, you know, so I know, uh, (laughs) go ahead. You're not wrong. <laughs> is it cold, or have you made it nice and warm by now? I mean, you've been sitting there for a while, so I hope you've warmed yeah. it up. Because that's that's the worst part of a gun to your head is when it's just so cold. Just you know, especially oh, yeah. when you're sitting there naked and tied up, <laughs> which is how I normally sit anyway. Because <laughs> you're just preparing for moments like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just all, never all know. You got to be. Yeah, you got to be prepared for the. You know. Or, or you could be like a good old butter bar there and be be ready with your bidet at the ready. <laughs> okay, that's, that's classic people, officer stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if my hooch doesn't have a bidet, then I simply won't sleep in it, you know. Uh, it's, it's for the peasantry. Well, that, that's for the peasantry. Well, that's what the lower enlisted are for if you don't have one, right? They just spray at you. I just get, yeah, I just get a couple privates and make them like just – Take a glug of uh, from their canteens and then just spit it out at high pressure. So I'm wondering, does that get you kicked Usually out of Skull and Bones too if you don't have a bidet? <laughs> from uh, now, I'm not at liberty to discuss the particulars of our recruitment system. However, I will say it is quite a black mark on your record if you uh, sh- show your ass, so to speak, as not having a bidet and therefore completely a tasteless uh, plebeian. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like that. I understand. Yeah, because uh, before we went live on the air here, uh, we were talking about the the newly rediscovered, the I shouldn't say newly, right? It's the rediscovered need for uh, toilet paper as well as paper towels as the election plus COVID plus who knows what. I mean, the murder hornets, I knew, I, wasn't it just a week and a half ago they did finally find a... Uh, nest of murder horns. I mean, everything's got to come together now, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got no shave November along with no nut November plus murder hornets. But um, ultimately, <laughs> we, we were discussing the ins and outs of bidets and uh, Butterbar was describing how this takes you to a whole new level. And my concern, of course, is if the power goes out, does the bidet, you know, when you, you all your food's rotten, but at least you've got that clean bidet feel. <laughs> does that does that help carry you through the misery of your neighbor's house no longer existing and the 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 bodies on the street with your windows all boarded up? I put it to you, Increase gentlemen. Increase your comfort health in times like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, guess- I wouldn't know anything about bidets. I'm an NCO, so I just dog drag my ass across the carpet if I need to. <laughs> Yeah, but but is that any different than before you were in the military? There was nothing that really changed there, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, that's true. It was just it was more socially acceptable now that I'm in. So I guess that's how it works. <laughs> Whereas you used to have to hide it in shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now yeah. you've achieved quite a bit of success with it. Yeah, Everybody's my, just my mom made me stay in the garage, <laughs> tied up, naked, with a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah. The only way I can come. <laughs> whoa! Hey! 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 Whoa! <laughs> This is a family show. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a rated R show. This isn't a rated X show. Come on now. The kids, some of the, we've got some 15-year-olds probably that follow us at least. There's probably some 12-year-olds too that pass around the MP3s. Check these guys out. Zoomers rise up. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that is an interesting, I was listening to a discussion the other night. I like to watch that Tim Cast IRL. I don't know if either you have, because he has some really interesting people, and he had um, the guy I can't think of his name right now. The one who's done a lot of the work on the uh, critical race theory stuff. The guy out of Seattle, the one um, that basically was discovering what had been going on. Chris Christopher Rufo. Okay. And they were discussing how Zoomers actually, actually, um, how they became conservative. And it was interesting. So, you know, the whole idea is that, as everybody I'm sure is aware, conservatives generally, well, kids, each generation gets more liberal than the generation before it. Now, there's been some theory that it has to do with because millennials are just so out there. Millennials, that um, the Zoomers are a response to that. But they said there was actually some studies that began about 20 years ago. It was 1999 that they discovered that what had happened was that so many of the very liberal people were not having babies and were having so many abortions. So what it comes down to is most of the kids born nowadays come from more conservative lineage. And so because of that, the whack job parents with multiple genders are having less kids just thought i'd throw that out there for a little a little something you can get drunk at night or you know when uh the ayahuasca kicks in something you can think about or, or the dmt even because i know how you guys in uh skull and bones are uh i'd buy that uh it especially i can say during the birth rate of uh, like working women, which is uh, significantly lower, like that's one of the things that uh, like is sure to like lower your country's birth rate. Like when uh, women enter the workforce in more equal numbers, and uh, like so that particularly like would make sense as like especially like in the context of like the late '90s when I think we were starting to see a lot more of that um, gender equality like working representation. So. Yeah, I buy it, and I mean, I don't really interact too much with Zoomers outside of, like, the military, but, so, and when they kind of skew a little more conservative than most, I would say, but, you know, I could buy it. I, I'll, I'll take that. Welcome to the resistance. <laughs> Doc, Doc, do you have any, any, any thoughts, input? Um... Well, I mean, it, it makes sense to me, right? It's just, uh... I know like where I'm from in Virginia that you see a lot of, again, it's more, more rural Virginia, but it seems to be skewing with the younger generations, more conservative than even the, the parents 
Really? So it, it, you know, it's, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to me um, that it, I don't know if it's just like that adolescent kind of moving away from what their parents are, but so it, make, it does, it makes sense to me. And I can see that hopefully being a continuing trend. Well, and that's, what's interesting too. Okay. You're talking about rural Virginia, which is kind of conservative to begin with. And so right. thinking of a younger generation, that's more conservative. I'm like, Oh wow. These are ones that are going to come after me for my tattoos or something at some point. <laughs> you right, degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I say, I say rural Virginia, but I guess, there are, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, farmland, but it's not DC. So it's, it's, it's away from, you know, the main population hubs. So it, then again, there are farmers and stuff. So, you know, I guess that that's kind of a, a area where people are usually a little bit more conservative too, though. Sure. Sure. Well, so we've, um, or at least I know I have, I don't know if I've posted anything specifically, but I've teased, this is going to be the pre-election. So, Enough of that. Why don't we jump over more specifically into thoughts on Tuesday and then perhaps what comes after Tuesday. I know I was talking to you guys. Uh, there was this ABC News article. And um, lately we've seen a lot of the data that's already coming out. And I mean just the rallies in general and many other kind of pieces of information, bits and pieces, we're seeing that the Latino, the Latinx, Latinx, <laughs> the made-up name for what, from white people for uh, Hispanics, um, that they are really, there's a lot of support we're seeing for Trump. Now, ABC News has happily jumped in and, and really let us know what's going on. Florida's Latino voters being bombarded with right-wing misinformations experts experts and advocates say. And now some of the experts here, uh, let's see, there was Julian, what's his name? Um, he was running for uh, Julian Castro, yes. Oh, no, Joaquin, Joaquin Castro. So Julian's brother, you know, uh, real knockout guys there. But they're talking about uh, disinformation campaigns. And, and of course, of course, you know what, what they, they said, the main thing? QAnon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, because I mean, you guys, you guys won't ever shut up about QAnon. No, I mean, but seriously, <laughs> it, it, it's the most ridiculous thing. What is funny, and I even saw a poll about this, more Democrats that they polled, and it was something like 30-some percent of Democrats know about QAnon, where it was only 9% of Republicans knew about QAnon. Just to show kind of the game yeah. that's being played. That I I gen I genuinely thought that that was almost like a meme until I realized, oh wait, QAnon is an actual thing. I didn't even know about it. <laughs> you got a little disco music going there in the background. Yeah, I don't know what that what that is. Too many too many browser tabs open. Got to delete this history. <laughs> Damn, you've got uh, you duck duck go. There's only one button for that. <laughs> yeah, you got your naked Cabana Boys music going there. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, you do. Um, but you, you, you yeah. Um, 
I mean, you know, interestingly enough, because I'm just the nerd I am, I've looked at some of the QAnon stuff, and, you know, a lot of times it was funny because, I know, people were, occasionally we'd get people saying stuff on the page like, when are you guys going to finally admit that you're, you know, you follow QAnon? Well, and there were articles that we posted sometimes, and then, <laughs> and then I would see the articles later posted by QAnon. So if anything, QAnon follows us. So why doesn't he admit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would I would know how to even describe me being QAnon because I don't know enough about it, yeah. other than what I read, you know, from the news. Oh, I know, and, and that's it's, I mean, it's personally. I like found out more about QAnon like as I heard about it through like the debates and stuff. Uh, I wasn't really I kind of understood the vague idea of it. But yeah, like I think the left wing media has done more to propagate and like spread the QAnon movement than anything else. Because I think generally people uh, on our side of the spectrum have a genuine distrust of the media. And so anytime you hear someone saying like, at least for me, uh, I have like the opposite of a trunk derangement syndrome where like. If the media is saying something is a massive crisis and like that there's some sort of conspiracy theory that, uh, you know, it's Donald Trump is perpetuating in order to win. I'm like, hmm, uh, maybe uh, I should look into this because maybe it's legit. I don't think any again, I don't know anything about QAnon, but I, uh, I know whenever the media is mad about something that Trump's doing, it's probably because they're making it up. <laughs> so you've got Trump arrangement syndrome. So it's T A S. So what you do is you you or is it T R S? Trump rearrangement versus derangement. You know you you figure it out. Yeah, I mean uh, I saw the uh, that one whistleblower Miles Taylor who oh god uh, was the guy that apparently wrote that big expose in the New York Times <laughs> the, saying the, that like there the, needs to be a resistance from within the White House about Donald Trump. The the guy that he worked for DHS about, uh, who wasn't among the top sixty people, sixty two people listed on the DHS website when they assured it was us uh, it was somebody very high up in the Trump administration. That dude? Yeah, that guy. He like <laughs> made this big thread on Twitter about all the things that uh, Trump has done that have like been downright illegal, immoral, or unethical. <laughs> and they were like just all the things that I voted for him for. It's like Trump <laughs> wants to get us out of Syria and Afghanistan. <laughs> and it's like Trump says he wants to make even more countries on the ban list so that we can't have we have even less immigration. I'm like, oh, all right. So he really is like based. Uh, like in real life and in private too like that's awesome like Trump like, he wants to make a moat around Mexico with alligators in it. I'm like yes let's go with alligators with lasers on their heads freaking lasers yeah <laughs> oh man well that's what's funny too man the, the, the whole neoliberal neoconservative establishment how much and, and the way that they're so incestuous with the media and the intel community and they live in this echo chamber with one another where they don't recognize because it is, it really is an echo chamber. They're, they're have no ability to read the room and see what the other side thinks. They have a cartoon understanding of the other side and it's a malformed cartoon. It's like a, 
a three-year-old with crayons drawing a cartoon. Mm -hmm. It made me think of that Maddox thing. I, I can draw better than your kids. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that, but that was pretty funny. Now, That's some early internet throw back there, Maddox. Yeah. Well, you know what? The only reason why I thought of him. Well, you know what, man? Um, because when the shooting that happened in Philadelphia, that was just this week, wasn't it? There's so many of them. It, it feels like so long ago yeah. because it does so much damage. But um, he was on there talking about how police officers didn't have to shoot the guy. His complete lack of understanding of that you know, 20, 21 foot radius that you have with somebody with a knife and how they're in a better position than you are. His complete lack of understanding. And then he's showing, uh, he posts videos of, you know, like these Indonesian guys who probably don't carry weapons anyway, you know, so they, they only are capable of disarming people at best. And he was posting videos of that to show how our police just aren't trained enough in these situations. Yeah, I know, guys running at you with a knife. <laughs> You didn't use your social worker training. <laughs> is, is that well, something? I mean, like what what we what we don't know is how often are those are those cops in Indonesia getting the shit kicked out of them or getting hurt, right? Just because they don't have a gun doesn't mean that's the right way to do it. No, absolutely not. No, but it, it's just it's it's low information people finding videos on the internet when they when they type in disarming man with police disarm man with knife yeah. you know hey i found a video i, I look at this <laughs> see see those guys didn't need to shoot that man that was chasing after them with a knife <laughs> it, 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 as i said to you guys before we went on the air asianman.jpg it's all so tiresome <laughs> It really is, man. And I think that's one of the things that uh, with the election coming, I mean, I feel like this is the calm before the storm or maybe it's the eye of the storm and it's about to pick up some speed, <laughs> you know, come Tuesday evening. Absolutely. I, I genuinely don't foresee there being any peace, I guess, unless it is a Democrat victory. Because uh, for the most part, I don't I don't foresee conservatives rioting in, in the streets and burning stuff if their candidate loses. Now, my question is, is is this really peace, though? Will that really be peace because of so many of the things that they basically I mean, you had Robert Reich and you've had other people calling for uh, what do they call it? Uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commissions. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, we're yeah, that, 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 that's yeah, and, and, like legitimately now. Just take all the conservatives in FEMA camps and force us to watch uh, like critical race theory videos until we realize the error of our ways. Like in Clockwork Orange, where they uh, <laughs> hold the guy's eyes open and force him to watch like Nazi videos while Beethoven Bro. plays. Bro. Same, same concept. As long as they don't ruin Ludwig von for me. If they ruin Beethoven, man, <laughs> and I'm going to get sick to the stomach, then it's just, then it's over, man. I don't know. You know what? In fact, I should find a, a good little Beethoven to open up this uh, podcast with for everyone. A bit of the old Ludwig van. <laughs> It'll get me and my droves up for a great round of the old ultraviolence. <laughs> so the old Malukum bar. I, uh, 
I don't think that I think what we're going to see is we will see more if it is a Democrat victory. We will see the eradication of police force in many of the leftist cities. And I think what we'll see is Chaz style enforcement in some regions too. I mean, look at the way that, uh, that loony mayor up there, she tried to tell us as they were shooting, you know, crime was 500% over Mm -hmm. other places and they were shooting black teenage boys that this was the summer of love, you know, the upside down world, clown world type of garbage that they're feeding us. I only imagine, especially look at Portland, they're about to, they're going to elect a woman who is Antifa. Did you guys see that? I did not see no, that. What, no, it I, does not surprise me. I know me. the mayoral, there's like three mayoral candidates. Uh, there's the current guy who's the incumbent who's uh, already appeasing them to uh, the nth degree. And then there's And they the hate him, absolutely. They, they completely like, hate him. Yeah, and the the other candidate is like, she's been like caught wearing like Mao Zedong, like print, like dresses and like yeah. other kind of crazy shit. She's even more radical than the Ted Wheeler is already. And I know that's, is she like ahead in the polls or something or. Oh yeah. She's like 20 one. points. She's 20 points ahead of uh, Ted Wheeler. I know Peter Bogosian, one of the guys that did that. Uh, what do you call it? Um, grievance studies stuff with uh, James Lindsay. He's a professor at Portland state and he's trying to get people to write him in, but I doubt he's going to have any luck. You know, I mean, they're, they're legitimately going to have Antifa as their mayor. Unless something major happens, which, I mean, they've got Antifa as the DA, so why not go with the mayor? And then maybe, maybe, let's go, well, actually, that's it. Wait, that's right, I forgot. Ted Wheeler is the chief of police. I was just getting ready to say Antifa as the chief of police, but they now they do. They knock out two birds, one stone with that one. Congratulations, Portland. I mean... Little golf clap for that one. <laughs> well, like their whole thing is what they 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 call it a revolution, right? So it it doesn't surprise me that they realize that the only way that they can truly further their agenda is just to fill all these elected official spots or the you know the high ranking jobs like a friggin' police chief. Yeah, man. And I see things like this, you know, you you look at some of the behaviors as well in, you know, uh, with the governors who have the control, but then you have specific cities. You look at Chicago, look at New York with de Blasio, these people like this, if they've got somebody in the White House um, with President Kamala, because let's be honest here, it's not going to be President Biden. When, when they've got no. that support from the highest level, man, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Can you imagine what the price of ammo will be on Wednesday if, if Biden wins? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and, and so seeing, seeing this brings up, you know, when, I, when all this stuff started to happen initially, I thought maybe it was just the left kind of appeasing to their voters 
uh, to just further their own agenda. And now you see that, oh wait, it actually is something that they want to continue and grow is that Antifa mindset. Well, I think the reality is oftentimes I've said it's their religion, but I think it's even more, it's war for them. Like they're straight up fighting a war. They're fighting a war for power because you, if you look at what is the fringe, which now the, what used to be the fringe now has a place in their party. But if you look at some of the fringe people in their party is there's people in their party that have no qualms with the idea of putting the other side into camps. Like that's no joke. (laughs) Well, historically that is a democratic idea. So (laughs) luckily we're a Republic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless of course they win and then we'll have what did they say they're going to make dc and puerto rico states and then there's talk of splitting california up into seven states which will do that i'm sorry but did you say something did we lose Butterbar? uh well i mean oh. no i was just talking, saying that uh in new zealand they're already yeah, I was just uh, chiming about the, the camp thing. Like, it's a funny joke until it's, like, happening where, like, in, in New Zealand, they're actively putting people on, like, quarantine uh, from corona in, like, these FEMA-style, like, camps. Like, legitimately, like, that's their out-and-out plan for, like, handling it. And this is, like, supposedly the model for the West's coronavirus response that we have to, like, New Zealand is great with their <laughs> hashtag girl boss uh, prime minister. They're, like, now literally putting people in camps and it's like oh wait didn't they just give up their guns uh like a couple years ago was it like two years ago well wonder how this would go if you didn't well i know that they had a really poor time of collecting the guns so i don't know if there was a lot of boating accidents over there or what (laughs) but um (laughs) this does seem to fall in line with the whole um what do you call it the world economic forum and their great reset. I mean, Time Magazine just did a whole thing on it because, I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know me, I, I'm, I'm much more of the conspiratorial guy, but the only reason why I'm so conspiratorial is because so much crazy shit has happened. And it's just, it's really hard for me when you see legit conspiracies come together. You know, I, I don't think I was quite so much before 2016, but then when 2016 hit, and I've watched everything that's happened since then, and I've watched the world go crazy. I just can't help it. Absolutely. Well, the, uh, conspiratorial is even a, a good word at this point because uh, we live in such a, a time of like disconnects between what uh, the mainstream media is telling us and what you can like easily find via like alternative sources. Uh, that aren't necessarily like on the mainstream, but like get, you know, sh- you know, pushed off and like shoved aside as like conspiracy theory. Like when Alex Jones was on Joe Rogan the other day and they were actively fact checking him as they went and like everything he said was true. Yeah. It's just like, all right, uh, how am I supposed to s- the well, rectif- like justify like, Put it like writing this guy off as uh, I mean he's been wrong in the past. Sure. Past, obviously, and, uh, and no one's always right, but there's like people like 
like a few personalities that you can follow on like Twitter and other people that aren't like Tim Pool and stuff. There's like not mainstream voices, but they seem like they're more accurate. And yet, if you cite them, people are going to be like, oh, well, he's a conspiracy theorist, right wing extremist, Nazi fascist. Because uh, white supremacist, you can't believe that. Well, because, Again, because because it, the information is it's the new currency, right? If you don't get your information from a specific source, if CNN didn't tell you about it, then it's not true, and you're a conspiracy theorist. So here's the thing, though: CNN and MSNBC pushed the whole Russia Gate thing, which has been proven via the Mueller report, the Inspector General reports, numerous of them, whether it was on FISA or other types of things, how there was nothing to it. And isn't that conspiracy? Isn't that conspiracy theory when they spend so many hours yeah, on right. that? And what's interesting... That's, that's, the, that's the real conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. And, and, and these are the ones that are somehow going to dictate what is the norms. And I mean, it just goes to power once again, but... What's interesting is what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I don't know, what is it now? About two and a half going on three weeks, I think, this Wednesday, with the Hunter Biden laptop, where we have basically <laughs> we've been told that there's no way to prove it's true and that it's Russian disinformation. Those are the two things that we've been told. Number one, there's no way it's Russian disinformation because the chain of custody of it has shown that it's not right. Russian disinformation. <laughs> And number two, um, what was it? The Daily Caller actually paid a Democrat, um, and he's got a – I think I have it here. He has a GitHub. Yeah, it's a, it's Robert David Graham, um, and he's got this Hunter DKIM. And basically it starts out, the project validates that the smoking gun email from the New York Post story actually was a valid email sent six years ago. We know this because Gmail – cryptographically signed it with DKIM. So he's got an entire uh, GitHub here. And this is a guy who's been a Democrat supporter doing this. And also Bubulinsky uh, that we have been brought forward with all of his uh, visits on Tucker as well as being interviewed by the FBI. He was only a Democrat supporter, like all those stinking officers, Butterbar. Um but yeah, I think Lucky, did you join? Lucky? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, there he is. He's just Yeah, we're we're about a half hour in, man. I wasn't sure when you were gonna make it. So we're just uh kind of right now we're discussing the uh conspiracy theory stuff and one of the things you know, I mentioned that before yeah. twenty sixteen, I didn't really believe in these conspiracies, but now I'm a firm believer. And Butterbar brought up something interesting as he had watched the Joe Rogan podcast. Now the party's here. I'm sorry? No, he just brought up the Joe Rogan podcast where uh, Alex Jones was on there, and they were fact-checking Alex Jones, and basically everything that Alex Jones said on there was proven to be true. And so uh, it's just kind of the land we live in now. And so I got into how the media has completely – they refuse to discuss the Hunter Biden laptop, and we know the chain of custody, that Russians had nothing to do with the chain of custody, and then to mm -hmm. actually prove that it was Hunter's laptop, this Robert David Graham has a GitHub, and 
apparently he's some kind of email security experts. Experts? No, oh, he's yeah. just a singular expert. But he's got an entire GitHub where he breaks this down. Right. Yeah, I saw that. And it's it's pretty easy to, as far as like encryption protocols, I don't know why people haven't learned PGP keys yet. But in any case, though, um, there is a what's called a DKIM signature in these emails, which confirms it was sent from, you know, whomever. And, you know, so there, there's authentication prot protocols there that are real easy to verify. So I don't know why this is a huge issue for anybody. It's, it's basic stuff. Well, I think... Uh, if I can interject real quick, I think the reason why it's a huge issue is because if this information gets out and the dam breaks, this completely obliterates Joe Biden and him winning. So that's why it, it's not allowed out. Well, yeah, there, there's that, obviously. Um, you know, and I think, honestly, the biggest story out of all of this is how fucking far um, the, the, the media is willing to go, the establishment media, okay, to push this under the rug. You know, that's the, the, this, this technocratic censorship. I saw that um, Twitter finally caved and reinstated New York Post. Um, Friday. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean, but these people are drunk on power, man. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, I think it, it goes to that. Honestly, it's, it's a, it's a tie in between as we see uh, with CNN and some of the other outlets, um, MSNBC, New York times, Washington post, you know, they're, they're basically controlled by the CIA, you know, as well as some of the former shady FBI folks. So they're, they're tied together with that. They work with the Democrat party and it's the media is all part of that establishment so it's how they all work together it's where we know they created news before and i after what i've seen now i do wonder how many created stories i've bought in the past it's now in overdrive because once orange man bad darth cheeto got into power they had failed in what they normally got away with in the past where they could destroy somebody from becoming candidate they failed so now They've got to go to 11, whereas they were sitting at like nine. They went ahead and pushed it to 11 on the uh, the metal. Oh, it's a it's psyops, dude. You know, I mean, it's domestic psyops. You really break it down. It's it's this wide scale disinformation. Um, you know, that's that's the bothersome part about it, you know, to me. And I think it's I don't know. I was kind of talking with my mom about this last night. She's staunch Democrat. She hates that I voted for Trump, but whatever. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of peeling back the veneer of what has always existed now, you know, if that makes sense. Politics has always been a dirty game. So the, the intelligence agencies and to say that they don't operate on American soil is just naivete at this point. You know, I mean, that's willful, blind naivete. So, you know, I don't know to what extent, like you were saying, you know, how much I bought in the past. And it turns out that that was factually incorrect. You know, so <laughs> I just don't know what to say, man. It's just it's, it gets overwhelming at times, Doc, you know, and why? Why is it to a, a point? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to ask. Uh, I thought you were at a stopping point. I was going to ask Doc because Doc Pinkerton is on the line with us, too. What his yes, thoughts are. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Doc. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think Lucky kind of hit it on the head. Like, it's it's not just the fact that they are not reporting on certain aspects right they are purposefully manipulating information that they're putting out and that is what 
that's the scariest part of it all, in my opinion. Well, to me, it's it's so very nineteen eighty four ish, and also you know Soviet Union Pravda, you know, like because at least in Pravda, reporting on this stuff. What's that? Well, it's just that, okay, like, you know, a lot of our followers, they come in, look to us, and they look to the telegram, because we generally try to go to the source, you know, who's actually on the ground filming, what is happening in real time, here's a live stream here, whatever, whatever, as opposed to filtering it through the lens of what we know to be corrupt, malicious media. And I think that's something that, you know, is really appealed to a lot more people in recent years. Um if you take, um, I, I think Sargon of Akkad posted this uh, metric here. I'll, I'll have to put it up on the page, but that generally so-called right-wing people get their media from a bevy of sources as opposed to like the big three that left-wingers do, like NBC, MSNBC, stuff like that, CNN. And they tend to have this stranglehold all over media in general because a lot of them are riding off of their historicity like CNN you know, they used to be generally considered relatively impartial, whereas Fox News was right-wing infotainment and MSNBC was left-wing infotainment. Now, CNN has fallen into that left-wing hole as well. So, you know, I, I think that us kind of getting out here and trying to get to this, I think a lot more people are waking up to it, you know, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when you look at the, the reason that they only looked at a singular source is because for the most part, those far left individuals, they're not really worried about true information. They will they're picking and choosing what furthers their personal beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think that that goes absolutely. back to the because of the religious aspect of it, right? If you're if you're I mean look, I mean, Lucky knows this and I'm sure you guys do. I I attend church regular, but you know, I'm one of those people that questions it. But if I'm going to question something in my church, I have to have a doctrinal reason for questioning it. You know what I mean? And But it, it, they're willing to accept that. But you think about the most fundamentalist in many religions, and that's what I think many of these people on, on the left are, is they're fundamentalist. They're only going to be looking for things that reinforce their opinion that's already established. Just because they right. the, the cognitive dissonance of stepping outside that, they're unable to deal with i don't think everybody like there are people who are on that left and i bring these people up but i'll bring them up again because i don't think everybody listens to every podcast that i that i speak on um but um you've got aaron mate who i think he's with mother jones solid you've got glenn greenwald who just you know quit the <laughs> quit the uh, journal that he started because they tried to censor him on the Hunter Biden information. He's solid. You've got uh, Matt Taibbi. He's got a Substack. He used to write for Rolling Stone. I don't know if he still does. Um, and Michael Tracy. Michael Tracy, though, kind of strikes me as one of those guys that gets angry drunk sometimes on Twitter. So be prepared for that, especially if it's late <laughs> in the evening. You're gonna be you're gonna be reading the tweets of a man who's very bitter by how the media establishment has sold itself out. So put that put those shades on if you're reading him at eleven o'clock at night. But otherwise, I, I I agree with you on that stuff. You know, one of the things too that we talked about like before you came on is we were talking about. Um, the violence aspect. We hadn't really gone too much into if Trump wins. All we discussed was that if Biden wins, 
we're going to end up in FEMA camps, much like Clockwork Orange, <laughs> where we're going to be forced to watch Critical Race Theory, and I guess The Notebook will be the only other thing they'll allow us to watch, and they'll hopefully not be playing Ludwig Vaughn in the background. No, oh, it looks like we lost Lucky. Um, I was just describing it to him, and I looked down here, and he's no longer on the podcast. Well, thank you, Lucky. Why don't we do this, man? Um, okay, let's talk about let's talk about if Trump wins. Let's talk about that because I want to say some things about that before we came on the air here. I was talking to you guys, and I'm a pretty analytical guy. I really love digging into um, data. I, I love data. I love seeing where data leads. It's very easy to misinterpret data. But there is this really cool website. It's called Joe is Gone or Joe is Done. Joe is Done.github.io. This is a guy who he's done a really good job digging into Florida as well as North Carolina data. And he links to a couple other people who use his data. But what he has showed is he's looked at it in time. In counting all the early voters. And Trump is blowing away Biden in both North Carolina as well as in Florida. And the Hispanic vote that, you know, QAnon, uh, damn QAnon, uh, <laughs> See, so I see old man shaking his fist at the sky at QAnon. <laughs> you know, he, uh, the, the Hispanics are coming out in force for Trump. So this is something solid, and I think what he's showing as well, and if you look at Iowa had a poll that came out last night, and supposedly this is the creme de la creme of Iowa polls. Their final poll had Trump ahead by seven points there. So... He's taking the lead, it looks like, or is close to in Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania. I don't want to make people overly optimistic, but these numbers are pointing to a Trump win. Now, the reason as well why I don't want to be overly optimistic on this, and this goes back to what Nat G and I, we did the podcast on the color revolutions. I'm not sure if either of you guys followed up on that. But I know that today I saw as well, there's some Democrats with their lawfare that they've signed on like a thousand lawyers to fight everywhere for every ballot and to fight against the Republican ballots. It's going to be down and dirty. I saw as well that Joe Biden, they announced that um, Joe Biden, his wife, Jill, uh, his presidential candidate running with him, Kamala, as well as her wife, husband, whatever, uh, significant other. Um, but they're going the to make... The eunuch that uh, follows her around, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that apparently they're going to be together on uh, Tuesday night to make a special announcement. Now, they're already saying that for election night. And what we've seen... Since the George Floyd, and I think there's been many instances they've been trying to kick off what happened with George Floyd before, because honestly, I think they're trying to get these shock troops trained. You know what I mean? They're trying to develop these people, because let's be honest, we're, we've all been in the military. You need more practice, and by getting more practice, then you can go out there, you can find the leaders in these type things, because 
many of the people who are in BLM had already been around with the many of the different other movements. So my point ultimately here is even if it's a clear electoral victory by Trump with numbers and everything looks solid, I expect them to dispute this election and I expect to see the shock troops in the street. I mean, look, dude, in D.C., in New York City, uh, San Francisco, L.A., they're already boarding up the buildings. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. There has never been a movement in this country where, with, like Trump's movement, dude, he had almost 60,000 people in BFE, Pennsylvania last night, and there was a 97-mile Trump uh, convoy in Arizona yesterday. I, I, there, there was another, like, a five-mile one in New York City today. Like, this, what is going on has not existed before. The support for Trump is very strong. I think in normal yeah. conditions, he wins. I think they're going to do everything to prevent this. And what I really am concerned with is, does that kick off something real bad? That's yeah. That's my fear. That's my fear too. And it, you brought up the you know the point about having these shock troops is uh, practicing. It. I think it's more than that. I think it's to get the American. It's been to get the American people used to seeing this kind of violence and stuff in the oh, streets. Yeah. Agreed. So that by by and large, the American populace uh, won't really. You know, it's just they're trying to make it the new norm. Yes. Agreed. I agree with you on that too. And that's really part of like a color revolution type thing because it's also the, <laughs> how they like to always tell us these are mostly peaceful protests. The, dude, only 7% of the time have they been violent. Come on. What is wrong with you? Don't you like your abusive relationship? You only get smacked around 7% of the time. Yeah, you might be in the hospital with a broken arm, but think about that other 93% of the time. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that good? Huh? It was good, right? Right. <laughs> well, you know, I think if you couple that with the the coronavirus scare on top of it, people have become psychologically normalized to staying distant from one another and being de facto muzzled. You know, there's powerful psychological effects on people when it comes to that. And while you're normalizing violence on top of it as well, I mean, it's hallmarks of a color revolution, as, as Romeo pointed out. You know, you're, you're not going to get much blowback. You know, I mean, and when you do, they think the media spins it as being anathema, you know. Oh, I can't believe Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. How dare he? That smarmy <laughs> little white supremacist. Right, right, right. A guy you know? who was being chased and pursued by people who only fired when people were attacking him was a white supremacist killer, serial killer. Just going out there. You know what's interesting, yeah. too? Along these lines. So, there. What's that? As well, Hispanic white supremacist. You were kind of oh, what, like Proud Boys. Uh, just mentioning the fact that he's a uh, Hispanic, so you know. His oh, yeah, he's Hispanic. Just, yeah, that's right. White supremacist. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so obviously he's a, he, so obviously he is a proud boy, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> White supremacy is a big tent 
movement, we've got a lot of non-white people in the white supremacist camps. Well, well, you know, uh, it was funny too. Did did Lucky <laughs> come on down? Lucky, I had sent you that podcast okay. earlier with the Swedish guy. Did you listen to any of that? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. get a chance to, dude. Been real okay. busy. No, it was just interesting. But he made the point too. This guy was brilliant. It was very eye-openly disturbing. I don't even remember exactly how I descri- described it to you, but this is a guy who has dis- you know, looked at a lot of change across the world in power, and the way he describes things was very sobering. But um, something that's interesting, because as we talk about this color revolution thing, and then this came out last night. This guy, his name is Jesse Leirich, Leirich, I don't know, L-E-H-R-I-C-H, and surprisingly, he's the former foreign policy spokesman for Hillary Clinton. Well, here he comes. Oh, shocking. Here he comes to let us know that this election is feeling extremely Belarusian. Now, what is the important aspect of using Belarus? Because that was the most recent sort of State Department CIA attempted color revolution, which failed, but it's still kind of going and. I don't know if you guys noticed, but they're they're making a run at Poland now too with the abortion stuff. So that's fun. Right. One of the, one of the most based uh, governments over in Europe. Um, looks like some of our our friendlies in our State Department are making a run at it with the CIA and probably our good friend Jorge, or some people like to call him George, Georgie, Soros. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and they're putting Europe on lockdown again. And uh, Germany's going on complete lockdown. I know Paris went on complete lockdown. I saw vehicles trying to leave Paris, and people were just walking out of their vehicles because as of midnight on Friday, they couldn't travel anymore. And the entire nation right. of Germany is doing this. And a lot of locations in Italy, uh, Ireland, the UK. London. London. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It, 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 do you guys remember? I don't know if you caught this. The World Health Organization finally came out and said well, you shouldn't do lockdowns. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because well, people are committing suicide, alcoholism, opioids, all those things. But the powers that be seem to know more. Well, because it's it's precisely as we've long pointed out is, is that it's antithetical to human nature. We are social creatures by default. There's a reason why we consider putting people in isolation the worst form of punishment right up there with killing them. Arguably, I would say that isolation is worse. Yeah. You know, it's, that's it's blowing to see that this is happening there, too. Uh, would you repeat your last? In time? what sense? Butterbar, can right, we lose him? Check, check, check. I think we may have lost him. His his signal was fading. Damn, Ossifers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> right. Well, I, I can't. I can't dog on him. Man, my signal's been super bad. So. <laughs> yeah. True. True. But. Um, yeah, it's uh, the way it's happening around the world right now. Though is to I, I saw earlier um, with respect to um, poll. Poland and Hungary, they're reporting these crazy numbers on COVID. Now, they're not reporting deaths. Uh, They're just... 
Oh, there we go. We got him back. <laughs> but, you know, it, it yeah. seems more like a psyop to me as well. And, you know, th th this whole nonsense of contact tracing has been like my real big bugaboo. I talk about it with my, my, my head shrinker at the VA. And, uh, you know, you're not getting to patient zero here. This is just a pretext by which to spy on people. Yeah. You know, that's that's the big issue there, too. You know, and why why else would you want to do that unless you're in the midst of a color revolution? You got to weed out dissent, right? Yep. So basically, hi guys, <laughs> you know us, we know you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. Cleaned my guns just the other day. Hello. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, it's uh, I. I do think if Trump does win that we can make it out the other side of this as something positive, but I see it being a huge, huge, like w with what they're going to be pulling, it's going to be nuts, man. It's going to be nuts probably as early uh, as um, Tuesday night. You know, I imagine we're going to see some stuff it, then. Probably, um, you know, I mean, they, I can only think of a couple of wildly contested um, elections throughout American history. One was 1876, which wasn't resolved until March of the following year. And then the great hanging Chad incident of 2000 with Gore and Bush, too. Well, you know, so dude, even then that, that went to the Supreme Court, you know. Well, you know, what was interesting, though, was the Abraham Lincoln, was it Douglas, right? Frederick Douglass? Um, yeah. That um, that was completely crazy. I was reading some stuff on that. They actually had organized groups of men in cities. If the Republicans did this, as well as uh, the Democrats as well, where if their candidate was appearing in cities, they basically had their own little armed thugs that were going around in the cities to protect the people. I didn't know about that. That one was pretty damn right. contested. <laughs> I would say. Yep. <laughs> and that, yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that. <laughs> they, they, and then, uh, as Johnny Depp liked to remind us, there hasn't been a, uh, an actor to uh, act against a president um, since uh, our, our old boy back then. As Johnny Depp, I guess, was putting himself up to, or what was it, Madonna? Sometimes I want to go down there and just blow up the White House. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> chick is gross, dude. Oh, dude, dude, did you see? Did you see recently? She had like a, she had another um, skin pull, and dude, um, she posted some photos. What is that? What does that even? What does that even mean, though, dude? Like, what is that? A skin what is a skin pull? Well, that sounds I, I, like I, I, it's a facelift, you know, where they just they they cut off some of the skin and then they stretch it so it gets pulled. So it, it oh. stretches out the wrinkles. But dude, her face looks so weird. It was hilarious. It, it was like a, an alien, straight up. It looked like an alien, it, and she took like from three different angles. I should have grabbed those because those would be perfect for a meme. Oh yeah, they're, 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 they're good because like. When you said that to me, a skin pull, that sounds like something that you would read in like a book about alien abduction, like fire in the sky sort of stuff. You know, <laughs> that's that's what I came to mind. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Alien abductions. Yeah. I'm always thinking of the uh, anal uh, 
because oh uh, the uh the butt the, the butt pro yeah um, yes you know and that's uh, <laughs> yeah, right the satellite coming out of carpenter's ass um but you know getting back to the trump stuff um i was reading something earlier today which i found interesting if the rnc exit polls are to be believed that 18 percent of these people who are taking the exit polls from trump rallies are democrats oh yeah 18 percent, and when that's that's a non-negligible sum to start with but when when you're talking rally sizes like you had in Pennsylvania last night, what, 57, 60,000 people? That's bonkers, dude. Well, and what's interesting you know, with the I numbers mean, that comes out of those places is how many people haven't voted in like three or ever elections. You know, it's like a crazy right. number of people are attending that felt like they didn't even have a voice, which how do you substantiate those people in a poll? And if you're looking at... If you're looking at statistics of those who have requested ballots, how many of those Democrats that were at the Trump rally are being counted as a Democrat vote when they're actually voting Republican, you know? Right, and that also skews the numbers as well pretty severely. But as you rightfully pointed out, the, the amount of Trump support is insane, dude. I've It almost borders on being cultish in a lot of ways. These are people who are going out there and, and you know, going to these rallies and they're like celebrations just like they were having in you know beverly hills they do this like once or twice a week now you know and everybody's out there dude i mean thousands of people new york all across the country now you got the fbi wanting to investigate the trump uh <laughs> the trump train down there in texas oh dude uh, it's so funny you know, did, did you see the video where it's actually the woman drives her vehicle into the trump truck the video yeah, clearly yeah, shows that she goes yeah, across like that. That three lanes bonkers. of traffic two or three lanes and runs into the Trump truck and they're trying to portray this. Now, how many people have been killed by say Antifa or BLM? And there hasn't been any FBI investigation of that, not of, of that per se or an announced investigation into that. Whereas, Oh, Oh, Oh my God. These, these Trump people were in their big mean trucks and, and, and president Kamala was in her chariot. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you know, it's crazy the way they spin this, though. And I, I wonder, what the hell is the FBI doing? I mean, you sit on Hunter Biden's laptop for a year. You go running up into Bubba Wallace's garage over a perceived noose. You know, what is this? This is nonsense. Like, you should just get rid of these people at this point. They're not doing anything good. Well, dude, you know, and, and remember, get rid of them. Remember, remember those uh, people when uh, they had sent some of the FBI people? It feels people like out we're in a third world country with the way these... Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, did my thing just cut in? I think I keep, I'm on like a lag, but I was saying it feels like we're in like a third world country the way, it feels like we're in a third world country the way our uh, institutions like the FBI have been politicized to such a high degree before our eyes. And like, you can just see it. And it's, it's, it's like, I thought I was like in America, not like Brazil, you know, where these uh, agencies can just enact a coup against orange man because he's bad like it's so it's crazy it's it's pretty disheartening actually i thought i was I living in america i would have any kind of bias i'm like oh there's like a federal i think are you on the lag man do you want to drop off and join back up maybe that'll cure the lag yeah, let me, let me. Um, 
so the one thing that I was going to say, because he has dropped off, so um, I <laughs> got rid of the officer. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> heard. <laughs> no, but uh, the the uh, the one thing that I remember, man, was when BLM was in full effect doing their first kind of run through DC. You know, when they were painting the streets, and there was the the FBI people going to the streets and they actually took a knee and held up their fist for BLM. Man, that one after the National Guard people doing that shit. And, and and what was funny too is it was some really obese chicks too. I mean like they were they were hitting the bear claws, you know, like every day they came in the office. They were getting those bear claws. They were probably going for two or three of them. And uh it it it, it was just like I don't know, man. It's so disheartening when you see this stuff because the whole idea that silence is violence. So think about that. You take silence as violence and you run that against the idea of uh, don't tread on me. So don't tread on me is that, hey, you know what? I'm cool. Leave me the fuck alone. With silence as violence, it's that whole, like, if you're not actively anti-racist, then you're racist. Like, they're expecting you to behave a certain way. It is such a challenge to what we accept or have accepted to this point. Uh, That also stems back to the homosexual redefinitions of language with which which a lot of this language is steeped in. Um, Whether that's intentional or not, you you can make arguments both ways. Do me a favor too and let the Hmm. people know exactly because they may not be familiar with what you're saying there. Um, just explain oh, what you okay. just said, because I don't know how many people know what you just said. Just can you dive into that? Give me, oh. give, give me the elevator pitch. <laughs> okay, the elevator pitch. There are a couple of schools of philosophical thought that have been around since the late 1930s, going all the way into the 60s. Um, there are these two schools of thought that are called um, deconstructionalism and poststructuralism, and you also have another subset within that called postmodernism. The down and dirty of it is, is that they approach language and logic as things to be literally abhorred and deconstructed themselves. They conjure weird notions like linguistic colonialism, for example. And what you'll find by this is wherever somebody makes an argument against, say, using Latin X, right, as this <laughs> gender um, non-binary word, they'll say that using the gendered form of it is linguistic colonialism so we have to decolonize we have to deconstruct language and that applies to not only rules of language but logic as well and a lot of these things have infected seeped into society where you'll see uh, words often bandied about like they'll say we have to unpack this idea or we need to (laughs) deconstruct whiteness you know we need to deconstruct whiteness we need to decolonize all that. So these long-stemming philosophical roots have infiltrated populace writ large because of these old abstract philosophers like Derrida and Foucault, the father of queer theory, for example, who wanted to deconstruct gender binary norms. Um, now this has been all wrong running for you know 70 years plus at this point, 70, 90 years. 
And this kind of stuff like critical theory hasn't been an academic concern since the late 70s, early 80s, but it has slipped into everyday language. Because of those people who were in academia by you know all those years ago, they go on to have their jobs and they're the ones who peddle critical theory and diversity, you know, you know, that DEI training stuff, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion training, which is just it's just racism by another word. You know, so they kind of have their asses chapped by Trump's stance on this. And that's uh, pretty interesting to me by him um, removing federal funding for anybody that teaches CRT or DEI. And, uh, you know, so those little examples there is how it seeps into language. And once that stuff kind of becomes normalized, people don't even know if they're actively participating in it because they don't know necessarily the philosophical foundations of it. But the result is all the same. It's probably better that they don't know the foundations of it because then they can go ahead and just act whimsically and all of that, which is why you have 19-year-old girls from Laguna Beach talking about, oh, we, we need to deconstruct whiteness. <laughs> and, you know, so like, what the hell is this, dude? Your white you know? fragility. She doesn't know. She doesn't. Right. Yeah. Fragile white man with the tiny penis and all this stuff, you know, and she doesn't know why she's saying it. <laughs> and, and did you see she's Hunter's? Did you see Hunter's penis? That white man did not have a tiny penis. <laughs> oh boy, hanging some dong for sure. <laughs> Dude, we need to, un- we pipe, need to unpack that. We need to unpack that. <laughs> Can we deconstruct that? <laughs> you make fucking four of my dicks out of that thing. I'll tell you that. Homie is packing say eat, son. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 basically where I was going with that. And so You'll find this happening all over the country. And when they, and this is that silence is violence, is kind of what I was alluding towards there with the redefinition of language itself. No, violence is violence. Me slapping you across the mouth is violence. (laughs) Saying silence is violence is redefining that to say that if I don't capitulate to your demands, your ideological BS, then I'm obviously an interlocutor. I'm somebody to be derided, you know, uh, uh, whatever you want to call me. I, I'm, I'm a heretic that, you know, burn the heretic sort of deal. And that, that's capitulate or we're going to ruin you. That's the logical extent of these cancel culture, which is just a struggle session by another name. Well, it's a cultural it's revolution. I mean, and they attack it, the language. It's, it's a cultural revolution that's taking place right now. And if Kamala wins the presidency then we're going to see it in full force. Dude, today on Twitter, she posted one of those stupid bullshit equity cartoons. And what was funny, too, is uh, Andrew Sullivan that used to write for The New Yorker, he was freaking out. He was like, wait a second, equity, that's communism. Yeah, no shit. Who did you think you were supporting, Andrew Sullivan? Like, (laughs) did you guys really think you're just following some left-of-center people? No, man. They've been overtaken by the radicals. Can she address the uh, equity and equality within uh, her own like people in subcontinental India, where they have a literal caste system that they <laughs> yeah. have imported into? America. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, like, there's like ongoing lawsuits from like yeah, there's like lawsuits right now in, in the tech industry of like lower caste. Uh, Indians being discriminated against by high, like the dogs. Oh, no kidding. The Brahmins. I didn't know. Like, that, you know, Kamala that makes Harris sense. Fucking lecture me about this. Is she a Brahmin? Yeah, lecture me about equality once you address that. She would be a Brahmin. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if she she's... would be a Brahmin. Well, she would be, but is she, her family Brahmin? 
Do you know what I mean? Because that's really where it comes from. Oh, I don't know. Yes, in our political system, she would right. be a Brahmin, but you don't really get to move between the cast, you know? Right. I, wa- right. I watch yeah, Slumdog, I watch Slumdog Millionaire, bro. You can't teach me anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but but yeah, so back it to what you're, me though. So what you're saying, Butterbar, is in the tech industry in the United States, they're actually doing this? Yeah, in the United States, wow. they've actively continued their uh cast intercast discrimination. Uh and it's like I think 15, 15 or twenty uh Dolly are enacting a class action lawsuit against uh I need to look more into it, but yeah, it's like a casting and like and yet we're supposed to accept the lecturing of kamala harris whose mom was a lawyer or a professor at stanford or something and like she's gonna tell me that uh as a white man i'm uh you know like somehow it's fault and like discriminatory and everything thing like no it it's just them crying out as they strike us well and that's that's part of Pretty why much. i think it's 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 at a dangerous time right now and that's why we're seeing them also go overboard with a lot of what they're doing. Because it is kind of, it's one of those, I do think if Trump wins, because there's such a global agenda behind this, that I don't know how they recover from that. And so they have to go all in, and going all in means complete destruction of our system and a rejection of our system and creating a new system in which they maintain power. A new caste system, if you will. Yeah. I mean, the war is already there, though. I mean, the, the cultural and ideological war is already there. You know, the identity of what it means to be American is very much in flux these days. You know, a sense of nationalism or populism, these are terms to be derided. Um, I wrote about this on, on the Facebook page. I'm sorry, the uh, Instagram last night, you know, where is they, they've now decided to say, if you're a nationalist, you have pride in your country. Now, this is something to be um, shunned, you know, derided. Why are you proud of your country? Well, it's America for one. America's pretty awesome, dude. I've been to like 50 some odd countries on four different continents. I'd rather be here, bro. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, but that, that's that's the attack on the identity. And that all comes back to the usurping of language itself and the concepts that those entail. You know, why are you proud to be an American? Well, you know, the 18 the year old kid who's failed, you know, all of his community college classes asked. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> I don't want to hear that nonsense coming from these people, bro. Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, Doc, you've been quiet. You still there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm still here. You guys are just, you know, yeah, you're very smart. So I like to listen and learn. <laughs> uh, but... we, we just bullshit really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, we're, yeah, I was really good at library. essay questions. <laughs> Cards, that's all we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's just part of what, uh, mostly what being <laughs> yeah. hard is, right? Just an ability to bullshit right off, right off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was trained in philosophy, so I mean, it's all it is is just academic masturbation and being able to bullshit really well. <laughs> So, yeah, man. <laughs> we're I don't being know. honest you... about it. That's what it is. So I gave my prediction. I do think that um, in all of the ballots and everything like that, I think um, it will appear 
on Tuesday evening that Trump will win and they will do everything they can to find new boxes of ballots and there's going to be dead people that are going to be sending in ballots for weeks. That's what I see coming. What do you guys see coming? Well, absolutely. And it's going to be if it if the projections are in early enough that it looks like Trump's going to win, it the it's going to get bad. There's going to be violence everywhere. I mean, you know, we everybody knows this. Nobody's learning that from me, but it's going to get bad. People are going to be in the streets. There's going to be just, I would say for, I don't know, six to seven months is probably what I would imagine the country would just be in turmoil. Uh, for me, uh, I think that if we have a clear Trump victory, it's going to be uh, a lot of like rioting, but I think It'll pick off quickly because of the demoralization that they can't argue it. Seem to see the unrest in like areas like Portland, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I kind of think it's going to be uh, a toss-up. I don't think we're going to know Tuesday night when we go to bed uh, who the president's going to be. I think that there's going to be too many. Cliffhanger. Uh Oh, there's going to be too many. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) There's going to be too many what? (laughs) Too many phone calls (laughs) dropped. There's going to be too many of them. That's what there's going to be. Lucky tricks in terms of like early voting and all this other like excuses and stuff. So I think, uh, I think it's gonna be, yeah, I think it's gonna be a long draw. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) He, 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 he did, he did come in for a little bit and it didn't show him on the phone call anymore. And there he is. Yeah, what? Uh, where did I drop off at? <laughs> I'm not even completely sure. There's too many. Go. There's going to be too many. <laughs> Start from where there's too many. Uh, oh, I just think uh, if again, if in terms of a uh, like a contested election, I think there's going to be too much. Uh, I think we're not going to know until like a few, like maybe who knows how long it's going to take. But I don't think we're going to know the night of the election that uh, of who the president is been elected as who knows i mean i hope that's not the case but that's my prediction it's going to be uh contested for like a month i would say probably all right i i think regardless of who wins it's going to be contested yeah i agree with you there and i think that there's a lot of scumbag lawyers that have so many things already written up you know like they've They've got a, one of those kind of create your own story kind of thing where you turn to a different section or whatever. They've got something like that just ready to go so they can just plug and play what they need to do. Um, and I mean, you know, think about this too. The social media platforms have said essentially that they're not going to let Trump declare. They're not going to let the president of the United States declare victory on Tuesday night. Yeah. The social media has stepped in the champions that they are. <laughs> dude well right they're, they're the all-knowing organizations right what a fucking dystopia we live in 
<laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's like you brought up earlier with the cities are basically shutting down for, in preparation for the violence they know is going to occur on Tuesday night or into Wednesday, right? That's insane that that's where we're at at this point in our country. Well, and it's, and it's basically condoned, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah. Condoned and expected. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, You know, it's just, it's one of those things because, I mean, you've heard, at least a few of the podcasts that have been on, and this is something we've been building up to. Because originally, you know, man, I wasn't planning on, you know, doing a podcast as I have almost every day. But because I want to get the information out there and I want to make sure people understand what's going on. And it's my perspective, and I may be wrong. You know, man, I always say that. I'm trying to give my best informed idea of what's going on. But I wanted to prepare for this, and I think there was some undue sort of optimism that maybe, maybe we could avoid this, but I don't think we're going to the things that I've seen now from people. Cause like I was saying to you guys, I don't think, I think I said this before we actually came on the air beforehand. I was saying to you is that I think they specifically designed these polls and they specifically told everyone that Biden had a, you know, 17 point lead on Trump in order to create the hubris in people so that when Trump actually, if he does win, that if that occurs, that's an easy way for them to play the Russia. Russia, look at Russia again. Look what Russia yeah. did. <laughs> What's so funny, too, is that Russia, yes, they do things. Russia does things. China does things. North Korea does things. Iran does things. You know, and there's, there's some other countries out there, but those are the main ones who are going to be doing things, messing with stuff. For some reason, there's a whole class in our government that refuses to call out China. I wonder why that is. Does that concern anyone? The country that got all of our personnel files, all of us in the military, does that concern anyone that our government won't call those people out and in fact is entering into business with those people? But they want to keep telling us to worry about Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. (laughs) Well, right. And then you say, well, who's really in collusion with who? Like the the Trump being in collusion with Russia was pretty much debunked. So why are are, people in the government so concerned about not saying anything about China? I mean, you know, for me, dude, it just it goes back to that whole, um, I think China, and if you look at the tech companies who are controlling our information now, I think China is where they want us to be. That's what I think. And that's why they don't say yeah. anything. And there's a lot of money involved. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that it's uh, it's like too deep for me. I, I, I take too little seriously enough in my life as it is to like even try to think at that level. It's just too much. <laughs> I'm not smart enough for that. <laughs> well, you've... You you fooled us a lot at this point. Now now I don't know if I should have brought you on the page. Damn it! No. <laughs> now, nah, man, you know I, I I do realize too. I mean, look, I, I've been one of those people sometimes where it, there's uncomfortable truths. But I for me, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're entering into a, 
an era right now that we've got to be aware of what's going on around us. And uh, each of us has a voice to fight back against that, however we can. Yeah. yeah we're capable of doing it. And I mean, that's, that's kind of why I do what I do with this stuff and why I like having you guys around to at least put your input into this because I don't know what's coming up here. It doesn't feel very good. <laughs> that, that's what I can tell you for sure. And when you see the fucked up shit going on in Europe, that isn't very reassuring either. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, that's that's part of what makes makes all this so scary is the fact that, like you said, I don't know where this is going, but it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And that's scary. Well, and, and everything's pointing to, you know, because especially when you see some of this great reset stuff, it's like, <clears throat> oof, that's a whole other, like, dude, seriously? They're talking about, it's 2030, and I don't own anything, and it's great. I'm sorry. Communism's never sounded great. I don't feel like being a lion in the zoo, although I'd probably be the monkey in the zoo, not the lion throwing shit at you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just don't foresee any any real future where that could actually w get to that point of just like a utopia where everybody just exists with nothing in perfection. How? Oh, well, it's like, not look going at where to. We're at right, right now. Yeah, I mean, right, there, exactly. there, there, there's absolutely no way because we know historically with things like this that it's not going to turn out that way, right? Like, right. It, it just it, – it's going to be bad. They're lying to us to try to make it easier for people to accept it and to go along with it. That's what it comes down to. Right. <laughs> I, I don't understand how people keep coming back to this same – like we want to simultaneously curb American consumption and improve our status uh, in the environment and like end carbon emissions. And yet we also want to import like third world nation – uh, people from all over, like refugees and uh, illegal immigrants. And, uh, you know, I've got on good authority that a lot of the people that are coming over the border from Mexico are like Russians and Chinese, not even actual like Hispanics anymore at this point. And yet, and somehow like they, the left wants to both bring all these people here where we have like the highest consumption of any country in the world so they can be consumers too but also like simultaneously be more environmentally friendly. And yet we've seen even in the coronavirus lockdowns where the entire world, planes are grounded, no one's driving, like it's, you know, nothing is, like basically nothing's going on. Everyone's eating at home. It's like, if anything, it would have shown, like there's no, but there was no data that showed that it had any significant effect on carbon emissions. So it's like a, what are we uh, what are we doing our, what are we flagellating ourselves for and like forcing ourselves to live in pods in san francisco share houses and stuff like that when no matter or if we live the most austere spartan lifestyle like it's it's been shown that it doesn't even matter well but, but i think that that's just another control mechanism you know just as they're going to make 2030 some utopia for us which it's not going to be it's another one of those impossibilities i think they're just trying to force poverty upon us because honestly i think for some of these people the fact that they can pay people less wages makes them happy like they can prove to their friends Be, you know it's funny uh that whole like the man sitting in the room you know there's like 10 guys i think they really do that and i think they laugh at what they do with us 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they want to kill all the birds. They want to kill the birds with windmills. Birds so aren't real. Bird genocide. <laughs> birds bird aren't game. real. <laughs> well, I'm a firm bird. I'm not a bird denier. Okay, I believe uh, in the bird genocide that is happening with windmills right now. I mean, maybe you guys are like some fringe conspiracy theorists that don't buy the bird windmill thing, but. I think Joe Biden is trying to kill the birds, our beautiful bald eagles, and I will not stand for it. Bird lives matter. Oh, I bet. Yes. That's the BLM I'm all about. (laughs) I really do think that that bastard is trying to kill the eagle. That's what he's trying to do to destroy us, to demoralize us. This is what Yuri told us. You can't sit around and bird watch. (laughs) Yeah. He's trying to take away the ornithologist, you know? I mean, what what are they going to do? (laughs) <laughs> they took our germs, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I think it is like that, though. It wouldn't surprise me if there is, you know, some group of people somewhere, and there's, you know, 10, 12 of them sitting in a room, and, you know, you have a couple of them. It's kind of like that, um, the, the, the corporate movie scene from Dogma, right? And uh, I don't yeah. know if people seen this movie but you know it's it's a jay and silent bob movie but movie the character you know it's kind of like a a mcdick's all global corporation of sorts and the angels who are bartleby and loki they go around and they list the sins of everybody in that room and you know pedophilia whatever what have you and i kind of have this vision in my head that like it's from a Taylor Caldwell book. Um, he used to write alternate history books and stuff like that, kind of like counterfactual history. But he used to talk about this kind of like cadre of ruling elite. He called them the gnomes of Zurich. And I kind of always imagine these people, like there's got to be at least like two or three of them in there wearing their three-piece power suit and wearing like weak old worn woman's lingerie underneath their three-piece power suit and making like these cold calculated business decisions to just go ahead and like poison the ohio river valley with teflon you know fucking dupont or something you know crazy shit like that it wouldn't surprise me you know i know it's crazy to say that but it wouldn't surprise me if that shit actually does happen oh i mean just look at the fact that joe biden is is running is the democratic candidate for president shows you that it's real like people in that room are like we should have him (laughs) and then we'll just kick him kick him out and uh, we'll be the ones actually running things. Right, right. Exactly. You know, it's install a president, you know, whoever's yeah. going to get the most backing. We're going to pledge our money to X candidate with the illusion of choice, but there's no real choice here. And that's right. where Trump upset the whole balance. He's not a career politician. He's a guy who, you know, he's a real estate mogul. You know, I mean, he upset the whole balance there. And I know that's got to be scary to these legacy politicians, which is why they're going all out well, with their long entrenched ties with the media and all of that that they've since weaponized. You know, I mean, this is this is what it is. Well, and, and the thing is, too, is he showed how fake their system was, how easy it was to break it apart, even while they were investigating him nonstop. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the craziest thing is like I'll go on these um comments and stuff like that uh, you know i'll check out whatever's happening on facebook i watched the joe biden uh you know pitiful concert uh thing oh did there you with see- george lopez and all it uh what's his <laughs> face? stupid uh stupid bon jovi was out there with his guitar yeah oh my god dude it was so cringe i watched an hour of this dude honestly i should get paid to do this because <laughs> this is screwed up <laughs> like 
I watched 30 minutes of cuties for you guys. Okay. All right. So <laughs> three times, I, I three different occasions. <laughs> oh, fuck that. No way, dude. Seriously. That stuff was really, really bad. It was fucking disgusting. Like I, I probably needed to like scrub myself with, you know, fucking Hunter Biden's, you know, chore boy pack or something and bleach. <laughs> dude, it was atrocious. But yeah, I watched that and uh, the comments coming from people, I, I don't, I hate to be this is condescending towards a lot of Americans, but he really does appeal to low information voters. And yeah, they still geez. think that Trump is this um, like this criminal kingpin or something like that. When the sheer fact of the matter is this guy has been under investigation by the FBI day in, day out for years, years now. Don't you think if there was just a smidgen of impropriety somewhere that they would have come up with it by now? This is the most well-vetted possibly human being in history, let alone president. Come on now. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, on, fat. Hey, fat. Fat, you want to step outside? (laughs) I'll wrestle you. I'll I'll do to you what I did to Corn Pop. Right? Back alley knife fights, you know, like this is West Side Story and shit. You know, what the hell, dude? (laughs) (laughs) It's wild, though, man. You know? So I I generally, though, I think that Trump is going to pull it out. I really do. And there's a few reasons for that, though. As much like it was the case in 2016, there's a silent majority, and people have a strong entrenched fear, I think almost innate, of political dynasties. Um, The idea of having Hillary back in the White House, not to mention she's just an unlikable human being. You could say she's wildly qualified, but she's just a detestable human being. And some people made the argument that it would be like having Bill back in. And then some people had the sense to realize, oh, shit, it'd be like having Bill back in. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you weren't supposed to say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, Trump has done a lot of good, though. I mean, the the, the market is booming and people have more, you know, unemployment rate is 3.6 percent prior to COVID. Lowest recorded rate since they started keeping track of this stuff. You know, people have more disposable income in this country to go ahead and work on their houses and do things and, and buy property. I know this because I have not never made more money in my life than since Trump has been president. As people all call me, fly me around the country to come and build stuff for them. And if you can afford my services, you need a pretty penny. I'm not going out there working for, you know, $20 an hour. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work like that. So, you know, it, it's one of these things. And then also the silent majority in this sense, though, too, is because of all the rioting. Man, these people are just handing out red pills like a, like it's nobody's business. I can only imagine how how many people who live in inner cities. Oh yeah, dude. Who are actually gonna? They'll, they will probably won't even tell their family members. They'll just go in there and vote Trump and like, okay, uh-huh, smiling nut. Like, yeah, well, I voted for Biden. I don't know how this happened. Well, and see, that's the thing too, man. Is um, how do you account because we know the Hispanics increased and. I mean, look, it was Rasmussen, which everybody likes to denigrate, but they've been pretty damn good. But they had 46%, I think it maybe even crossed over to 51% approval, but they listed like 31% of blacks are going to vote for Trump. Now, I, I got to see that to believe it, you know, man, like, because yeah. what did he get, like 2% last time or something? You know, I mean, obviously it's not that low, I'm exaggerating, but my point is that I just, I don't, I mean, if he does... That would be hilarious. I mean, that would be so funny. Could you see all the racist white people who, the ones who try to tell the minorities how they should vote? Can you, oh, dude, the, them freaking out? 
That would be awesome. Like, oh yeah, they're losing their minds already. I, and I I can't wait to see the gnashing of teeth from the Young Turks again. Their meltdowns are the best. <laughs> I love that. Cenk. Oh my God, seeing Cenk Uger and you know and fucking Anna Kasparian there just losing their minds. I love it. I I I, I drink those salty tears, dude. It's so good. <laughs> what what is wrong with you people? Yeah, you know what? I think honestly, that will be one of the things I'm going to be watching on YouTube. Come uh, come come. Tuesday night, I gotta, I gotta be flipping around like that. Michael Malice, because Michael Malice is absolutely hilarious. The anarchist Michael Malice, who even says he he doesn't believe in voting, but he will he will offer, I'm sure, good commentary. And then there's there's going to be some people on Twitter too. Maybe I should put together a list of things that things that I suggest. Romeo's list, Romeo. <laughs> Yeah, Romeo. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Um, Wherefore yeah, art thou, no, baby I, I, face? <laughs> I didn't know it ain't me, son. I'm beat up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out, though. And I also find the, the ebb and flow of the polling interesting. It's something that happens every election cycle. They paint it as one candidate having the advantage, in this case, Joe Biden, or like they did with Hillary Clinton. And then as Election Day draws near, they show these polls narrowing. Now, aside from the obvious question that I have here, who in the hell is answering these polls? All well, right. And then the sample sizes of which these are based upon is so, also bonkers to me, but it creates this tension in the air is what I'm driving at is, is that it shows this competition narrowing. And, you know, this is a close fight to the end and you got to stay tuned for the next update. You know, it's, it's what it is. Well, so Marketing what's interesting psychology. too with that, with, with that was um... – I never had seen this Podesta email, but I found one the other day where Podesta was actually talking about how to shape polls up into the election and how you intentionally skew it, and it's to try to demoralize the other side. But I think with this one, how much yeah, it's, it it's voter manipulation. How this one really backfired, though, was because I think, well, maybe it's not backfiring. You're going to have weaponized that left so much with Trump winning if he does go ahead and win, that they're going to be like, wait a second. They said he was, they said Biden was 17 points ahead. This had to be Russian interference. Oh, Russia, Russia. I think that's exactly what they're setting it up for. Um, They're like basically saying they're trying to pull purposely. uh, I mean, it's two pronged. Like you said, is it, it, it shows a lead to build enthusiasm that narrows to try and uh, continue that so people don't think they have in the bag and keep voting in a terms of the manipulation. But I think the way that people are going to cite the polls in terms of like, oh, well, he was so far ahead of the polls. There's no way he could lose. It has to be fake. And then they're going to use that like they're going to use a poll to uh, outdo or trump, I guess, so to speak. The actual election, and that's how they think they they would try and frame it. Yeah, yeah and, and, it you, and use it as like a rallying cry to get people out in the streets mm-hmm. demanding yeah. a, a redo. <laughs> want a Come on, man. Recount. The hanging chads. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> the hanging chads. Oh, dude. God. Uh I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interject there. It's just, it's so funny to me. I just, I, I, I'm just the gnashing of teeth and the wailing. I really hope that Trump <laughs> wins, if only for the memes again, because man, it's been a great four years for memes. 
Dude, like, it's, it's going to be that you are now here with the woman crying, No! <laughs> the um, crazy women crying in their cars uh, on their selfie cams. <laughs> like, they've been building this compilation of it, like, on, on, of recently, like, the one short-haired chick who's yelling about Trump being a fascist, and then the one fat, bald chick who was from Boston, I think it was Poncho's ex-girlfriend, um, <laughs> yelling the same thing. And they're, like, combining them all into these, like, mega compilations. And it's the, uh, I think it's the equivalent for, like, right-wing people about the Harambe, like, celebrity, like, montage. Like, every time a celebrity dies, they add him to the Harambe picture in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Four screaming histrionic women for the mega compilation of screaming histrionic women on Twitter. Like, we need that. This is what we need Trump to win for, if nothing else. <laughs> you know, and then the net positive results as well, too. But I think another thing that is kind of understated in the media is that Republicans generally aren't as fearful of the Kamikov as Democrats oh, are. absolutely with not. Whom, whom it's tend to, like, paralyze them. I mean, you know, they're already infantilized in the first place, but it's paralyzed them with fear. They're not going to get out and vote in droves the way Republicans are in well, see, person. Well, see, and that's you the know. thing that got them, too. They were so scared about voting in person that they had to mail in. And mail-in ballots are rejected at such a higher level. And so it really backfired. Like, they thought, oh, you know, they can do the traditional, like, you know, it's it's the playbook, the Saul Alinsky Democrat playbook. How can we steal this election with illegal voting? You know, like this was in like the 25th page, the mail-in voting, but they just forgot about that little part of, yeah, they might get rejected because people are too stupid to fill them out right, or they don't even sign them. <laughs> oh, right. Whoops. Yeah. And there's a lot of it. Um, I'd read something in the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, don't attack me here i like to try to go ahead and check on everything okay all right and this isn't my way of coming out either all no right. dude you did that a long time ago it's all good it's all good that's right yeah i'm, I'm proud of it man marine infantry is about as gay as it gets anyway uh, we win gay chicken with actual gay dudes so um with respect Whoa, towards... yeah that's too much <laughs> right <laughs> why are you touching my butthole like that <laughs> but uh you know, I, I what I had read in there was is that they'd had um, something like a you know like a dozen ballots rejected because people were sanitizing them, <laughs> <laughs> like using hand sanitizer to wipe it, and they're bleeding the ink everywhere. <laughs> Dude, uh, again, like you said, awesome. those are those l low information voters. That's what we call a GT waiver. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, dude. <laughs> Hey man, why well, you gotta make fun yeah, of me like man. that? I, I said that to you with <laughs> in confidence, man. Damn it. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's crazy, man. And you know, that's one thing you can always count on is the stupidity of people, man. And you know, that's kind of blown up in their face though, is, is that it's been the Democrats all along who've wanted to shut down the cities and at the same time, go ahead and make a virtue of all the rioting and looting and everything like that while these communities crumble and local businesses shut down in droves. But that fear paralyzation hasn't really worked on the Republican crowd at all. If anything, it's 
kind of driven them to go ahead and say, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to vote in person despite these people. Well, she, you know, man, so I think you already have record turnout numbers in mail-in balloting alone anyway. You think that's going to stop on Election Day? Hell no. Well, see, well, and that's the thing is Republicans turn out on Election Day just in general. But what's so interesting, you, you brought up a point there. You know, man, like early on with the COVID stuff, when they said, you know, dude, like 3 to 7% of the population is just going to die. And I think that these Democrat low information types that only watch like CNN and they see the little chart on the side like, oh my God, look how many people have COVID now without the actual death rate. They just talk about the cases, right? I think for those people, you know, like we've lost half of our population. You know, like this has been just the worst thing to ever hit this country, like ever. Dude, I wonder how many people just sit in their place and they have booze delivered and they just cry to themselves now because they have been scared. I mean, besides me. Probably. I'm not scared. I just sit in my place in the dark, cry drinking because that's what makes me get through life. In fact, we're running a little long here and I'm daddy needs his booze. <laughs> well, no thanks to our connections coming in and out, you know, but I, I didn't know. Actually, I, I didn't know how long you wanted to run tonight. Yeah, we're actually at about an hour think... and forty right now. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's whatever though. I'm not really doing much any anything else right now. I don't have a hot date other than you find gentlemen. So. Yeah, I have literally nothing going on. I'm sitting in a hotel room. <laughs> That's awesome. You gonna have booze delivered and cry? <laughs> I, I drank so heavily last night that if I even smell alcohol right now, I will probably vomit. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah. I hope you ate lots of Taco Bell today because that's always the good meal after something like that, or at least something. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get my fat kid on yesterday. I made a couple of like really fat, greasy burgers and like made one giant double patted burger, like four slices of cheese and lettuce, and dumped a bunch of hot sauce on it on a pretzel bun. I was like, yeah, that seems fancy, you know. <laughs> so now, but but you got to get after them. Place. I went to a Brazilian it. barbecue place and ate all afternoon and then went into a food coma. So that was how I spent my day. <laughs> well, I've actually okay, got, Romeo, you were saying? No, I've actually got uh, here in about seven minutes, I'm going to be joining some people for some food. These people being my family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got to do the family thing. Yeah, for sure, brother. Yeah. but I'll Do your thing, man. Yeah. Any, okay, so... Uh, everyone, give me your final thoughts on the election. Anything you haven't said, or maybe perhaps your final thoughts on GT scores. Let's start out with Doc. <laughs> uh, I mean, we pretty much covered it all. I, I genuinely don't know who I think is going to win. I, 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 I lean towards Trump, but as I've been traveling this month, there's a lot more people who I thought would go to Trump who have oppressed or expressed support for Biden. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about which direction I think it's going to go. Obviously I hope it goes Trump's way. But. Lucky. I think Trump takes it in spades and I think it'll be disputed contestly. I mean, like roundly up until, you know, it'll probably go to the Supreme court if it is contested, but otherwise I think Trump takes it in spades. And, and um, I base that upon my travels and the things that we've covered. And Amy Coney Barrett is the one that decides it, and yes. <laughs> meltdowns ensue again. 
things that will go leaps and bounds beyond what we saw in 2016, as well as Kavanaugh. Right. Okay. That's my prediction. Butter bar. So I think Trump's going to take it in a squeaker, and I'm basing my opinion entirely on the cookie polls. Oh, yeah, the cookie <laughs> polls. Right, right, right. We talked about this beforehand. Wait, let's cover the cookie polls yeah. real quick. Please describe cookie so, polls for us. Uh, various bakeries in swing states have uh, an annual or, I guess, an election season uh, poll in which they sell cookies for the candidates of either Biden or Trump. And so every year or every election, these people have like had, you know, whether it's Bush or Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney, the cookie polls have been how they predicted the election winners. And this year, the shamans in the cookie polls, the shaman bakers have been predicting Trump overwhelmingly. And I think more than any scientific study, I trust the prognostications of these confectioners. Uh, and so that's what I'm basing my opinion on, and I have faith in the cookie polls. That's yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically the, the peak of technology is what we've yeah. discovered with cookie polls. Dude, I, that's amazing. I have never heard of that. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, I'll put the, some links on the Telegram. Okay. <laughs> All right, my final words on All this. Right, really? um, so – I do think Trump's going to win. I think it's going to be hell. I think that the stormtroopers are going to be out in force. I think the riots we saw this summer will be surpassed. I think that we should, in the future, if we manage to keep the Democrats from getting control and putting 300 people on the Supreme Court and creating another 100 states in the country. If we do have an election in 2024, I think we should sit down three astrologers as well as three pollsters, and I think that we should run them against one another to describe how they think the outcome of the election will be, and I think hilarity will ensue. I can get behind that as long as I can be in the room with just like waving sage around. (laughs) Right on. All right. Well, this has been the illustrious... The, uh, I, I can't say first annual. How do you say first every four years? Quadra annual? I don't know. How the hell do you, whatever. <laughs> this is the first every four year official know. PBF election episode. Uh, these, these will come along every four years. Look forward to the next one. We appreciate it. Oh, we just you. ignore midterm elections? What the heck, guys? <laughs> yeah, those don't count. <laughs> What's a midterm election? <laughs> Those aren't even real, dude. Just like birds. <laughs> Stupid birds. They're just sent to spy on us all. Of your anti-aviary bird genocide denial, Lucky. All right? I'm not standing for it. I will contact the ADL, the Aviary Defense League. <laughs> That's what's up, though. I'll give them my email, dude. I'll hit them up. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, calling in and... Thanks if you've made it all the way here. This is our longest episode ever. All right. This is Romeo 1 Oscar. And I am out. Bar.